0: all right so welcome everyone back to marla's conversations with friends topics around well-being today we are talking about a topic i am most passionate about and i would say of all of the conversations i've brought to this table this one probably rides quite really quite high and uh, I am having this conversation with a really dear friend who I have just been able to reconnect back with physically, although she's always in my heart, Miss um, Margaret Fink. And Margaret and I, we go way back. And we had a great journey together at um, our former place where we both were out at, at Veda. But we really shared this passion of aroma and essential oils uh, for well-being. And when I thought about bringing this topic up, because I thought, well, I can't just talk to myself, although I can on this (laughs) conversation, I thought, who is the one person that I could have this great banter with? And Margaret is the only person I thought of to have this conversation with. So I am deeply grateful Uh, Margaret, to have you here, and I'm so excited to dive into this conversation, so thank you for making time, and I'm grateful for the universe that brought us back together, even though we've never been separated, (laughs) so welcome. Thank you, Marla.
1: Thank you. I'm so very, very honored and excited to be here today, one of my all-time favorite topics as well, and you and I have always shared this passion, so I'm very very much looking forward to this conversation.
0: Yay! So you know, when I th- was thinking about uh, this topic, uh, essential oils and aroma as well-being, there's a, a long path we're gonna we're gonna dive into today. But for me, it has always been it has always been a form of well-being. Probably because of the company that you and I used to work for, mm-hmm. and how it was introduced. And we'll certainly get all into that. Um, I think also the other thing that really got me very headstrong into really looking at natural sources was the fact that I'm allergic to all synthetic aromas, which is another thing that we're going to talk about. Okay. And, and I don't think that a lot of people, at least certainly over the last, for me, over the last 30 years, a lot of people really don't understand the, the difference between them or how they affect us physiologically, mentally, emotionally. And so, you know, as we go through this conversation, I think it's important for you and I to really speak to the differences as well uh, as we get into it and, and how they affect us, as well as how these how these beautiful resources uh, provide healing to us. So I thought we should go backwards uh, a bit first uh, in our lives because why else? When when did you start acknowledging or or really becoming aware of scents or aromas and, and certainly as kids, you know, I'm thinking about this as children, because those were not terms that we knew as kids, uh, at least I didn't. Um, So when did you start to kind of, I guess, when did your senses start to perk up around certain smells? um, And maybe what were some of them that influenced you or moved you or, you know, and and how did they, let's just start there before we start going on further.
1: Sure, Uh, it started with my grandmother. She was a pharmacist, the first female pharmacist in all of the Midwest. And she started working in, uh, you know, like a Walgreens or a pharmacy and Charles Revson walked in who owned Charles uh, Revlon. Mm -hmm. And he invited her into his team. So she traveled the world with him. And so when we would go and stay overnight with grandma, she had her closet full of Charles of the Ritz or mm-hmm. fragrances or bath bombs. Or So as a child, I was always surrounded, based on her, uh, about aroma. And mm-hmm. then when I came to our former company, Aveda, uh, the owner, Horst, who influence my heart forever with um, the sense of smell and aroma. Uh, I told him that I wanted to work with him. And his first response is not if you're wearing that synthetic fragrance. (laughs) 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 And I thought, well, what does that mean? And he goes, do you want to know? And I said, absolutely. And we walked down to what we called the esthetique at the time. And that was really my first uh, my opening to wow, this is a whole world of beauty and wellness. And the other piece of it for me is that when I started to wear our beautiful aromas and let go of all the synthetics, there wasn't a day that went by that somebody didn't comment positively on the way I smelled. Mm -hmm. Wow, what do you have on? Or what are you wearing? Or is that a Veda? Mm -hmm. We had one aroma. And uh, so that was really the turning point for me. My passion kicked in every day. I would wear a beautiful scent, knowing that it was just as valuable for me as any sort of Clothing I would put on, as any sort of moisturizer I would use. It was a part of my daily routine mm-hmm. because I loved and was passionate about, first of all, evoking somebody to say, What are you wearing? Because mm-hmm. then it would lead me into sharing our whole uh, conversation about, Did you realize we have beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, aromatherapeutic products that you can purchase and bring into your home Mm -hmm. and we would love to show you how to use this in your daily well-being and Mm -hmm. so that's really was the starting point for me on the journey of understanding the difference between a traditional fragrance and a perfume that was a essential oil combination or blend into either a retail spray or delivered through the uh, oils on the body Mm -hmm. the difference between the synthetic world as you were saying earlier and the world that didn't carry any of the uh, synthetic products in it
0: Mm -hmm. well i remember for my childhood we my mom always had um she had a a number of perfumes (laughs) um which I loved and I used to steal them and wear them and she would really like blow a gasket over it many times. But one of the ones, well, there was a few. I loved um, Taboo. She had this powder, like a like a body powder, that, sure. like a big puff. Yes. And of course as a small girl, like the most fun I could have was let's see how I can make a mess out of this powder, puff and powder like <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it smelled great as all talcum powders that I knew until would be later you know in my right. early adult life would sure. smell uh and then she had uh white shoulders yeah um, was remember. another one that I really loved right um Weird. and
1: mm-hmm. yeah and
0: I was a I think was that an Estee Lauder in I don't remember but it doesn't matter no
1: yeah it might have been Estee might have been yeah, I don't, remember.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't no. remember um she also had um I remember when Elizabeth Taylor came out with Poison. That was like- Oh my
1: God, the rage.
0: Died. <laughs> the rage, you know, and, and it was, you know, at first you thought it was cool, but then it was like, no, I don't think that's the right thing oh. to smell
1: attack on the senses for sure
0: well yeah but even more so a worse attack and and i certainly was hitting my mom's uh nasal passages with nails was when i started to wear eternity like i was never going to be able to wear it again every day i would just like (laughs) exactly bathe in it practically and she was dying she would just you know get so cranky and be like what in the world are you wearing why do you have to wear so much of it?
1: Oh, honey you're wearing way
0: too much yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> you
0: know? and it was um and i was i would defend it to the end and then i got turned on to because at this time i was still in high school but i had started modeling and so i was turned on to a whole different set of sure. perfumes chanels and, you know. oh chanel 22 uh-huh. chanel oh. 22 became yeah. like oh I loved Chanel Twenty Two. I, I still Cristal do. And, I can't wear it, but yeah, you know, I still it, love it. It's beautiful and Cristal, and you know. Yeah, and Fendi, contract, and Fendi. Fendi oh was another God. one. Yeah. Fendi, yeah. So it, it did dawn on me, though, when I started uh, working in in my first salon, mm-hmm. which was um, had Veda in it, and and as I got introduced to essential oils in general, and, and this certainly is not about the company of Ada, this is a conversation about essential oils, but-
1: Exactly, absolutely. About the, the what inspired you and- in Yeah, yeah, yeah. you well, down the path of essential oils, right?
0: Yeah, and what I noticed uh, for sure, what was happening to me was that I realized when I would go back and forth between the two, the headache that I would have uh, wearing the synthetic, mm-hmm. you know, and and living down here in Chicago, uh, I would always go down to Michigan Avenue and walk through the department stores and whatnot. And so, you know, you'd have this assault on your senses, like a, like a BB gun right. hitting you.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, as you walk through, and you're like, "Holy cow, man! This stuff is intense." And you know, you just beeline. Well, I would beeline right. straight Absolutely. through. Mm-hmm. Um, So. over all the years, you know, I know as you and I both taught this topic and I would explain to people because I had plenty of people come through my classes who were just, you know, I could smell them a mile away. Exactly. You know, and so I would start to explain what was happening with this and uh, that your body really doesn't accept very well at all, especially, you know, in your olfactory system. I want to talk about that in a minute you know, how it's like a square going into a circle. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels. And people have a really hard time understanding that. But um, with that, and the reason why I asked about childhood aromas are the whole topic of memory response. Absolutely. my One of my favorite topics. Yeah. So when I think about that, you know, one of the when I walk through there's one in particular as I as I want you to explain memory response but there's one for me when I walk through the Chicago Botanic Gardens which is my temple for me it's like my heaven it's like Mm -hmm. I I bike up there it's 12 miles away and and in summer spring summer fall when the roses the rose garden is in bloom and anyone who comes with me I I you know, people just want to walk by. And I always say, no, you have to stop and literally smell every single type of rose. They didn't just plant them here for your health. That's right. Smell them. Mm -hmm. And there are, there's two in there that immediately I go right to the back of my grandma Lorraine's Mm -hmm. toilet on it. She had this cute little carpet, you know, the grandma's always had like a little terry cloth or something doily or whatever they wanted in the back of the toilet tank right Mm -hmm. and then she had a little dish and she had a little rose soaps that you couldn't touch she didn't use them but they just let off aroma and of course they were collecting dust but um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I understand I've seen that before sure right
0: right but that's where they go because I knew I would always pick them up and smell them so when I walk through that garden and I smell when those two roses cross my path that's immediately where I go so Let's talk about memory response. How does that work? Why is that such an important piece of this conversation? Uh, There's nothing
1: faster that can launch you to a memory than the sense of smell. When you smell something, it evokes something so um, primal um, to your childhood, to a relationship, to modern day, when you walk through the woods. You know, I think that the the memory response is immediate, and in addition to that, you know, in teaching the classes that we have, we understand that we can uh, really collect about you know fifteen thousand different aromas or essential oils or smells throughout our lifetime that evoke an evoke a memory whether it's positive or whether it's not today you're not interested in it and so the the value of the memory response is that it's so primal and it allows you to understand what you're attracted to and what maybe you're not interested in and why i say it that way marlo is because you may not be attracted to pine it might, you might have tripped in the forest and fell and had a cut on your leg and you're surrounded by pine. So as an adult, you're going in for a massage and they're using pine and the massage base. Um, it doesn't promote a positive memory response based on your memory of it. And so with that thought process is that you can in turn relearn to appreciate aroma that you didn't prefer before and it could be because you have a a relationship in your life that's wearing something with it in and you love this person so you grow to love that scent again or you grow to tolerate it so with your memory response because smell and taste are directly linked whether it's a sense of uh, smell or you're tasting food it automatically has the capacity to evoke a memory and so with that, what we were able to do in all our trainings is take people through the sensory journey that you know to help them determine what they were attracted to and what was maybe not today or not a preference.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For me, as the uh, instructor or the teacher of that, because I loved it so much and wanted them to really understand how this could, enhance their life, their lifestyle, is that I wanted them to tell me what was more important, what they didn't prefer, because then I could hone in on how I could start to help them blend body oils, um, shampoo they might select, scents they might spray in their sheets or on their body. And so creating, obviously, their a great memory intention for them and something that they can carry. And it's like, you and I, our passion for this, there's so many things, there's so many layers to it. And one of the first layers for me is the fact that I, when I put it on, it is like sort of my body armor for the day where I go out into the world and it brings me the love and the intention and the, uh, um, good hygiene and the smell. And then again, I always love whether it's from history work or today when I walk into my workplace and people are like, oh, my God, you smell so good. And that gets me off. I love mm-hmm. that. I, I, it really matters to me. And so in my household today, everything from cleansers to um, washing to sprays to bathing. My daughter and I only use everything without uh, synthetic fragrance boosters or fixatives because it, and that's the thing, there's no right or wrong with that, but what it does to the memory is that there's a thought process. When you smell synthetic fragrances, they disguise the natural odor of not only your body, but it's, it, it's not natural to the way you smell. When you smell something that is naturally derived or plant-based product, it enhances what you have. It, and so that's really where the memory response comes in, is that there's nothing faster that will launch you into a memory than a smell you've encountered throughout your life
0: do you have any um favorites that launch you always when you smell now now
1: oh absolutely i think that rose does what i love about rose it's you know semi-sweet powdery floral i i love that it's considered the queen of essential oils Uh, i love the story behind it but i love the smell of it. It's something that brings me comfort. So it's something that I utilize at night when I have restless or my mind or I can't sleep at night or something's keeping me awake that I'm working on. I surround myself with rose. I I bathe in it and I put it on my chest before I go to sleep. So rose is one that I love and that I really love really working with uh, the pines and the outdoors, because I am a gardener mm-hmm. and I love to be outdoors. And so, whatever brings you know the feeling of spring or fresh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I love that.
0: I have a, a funny story, and I do always tell this about one of my memory responses. And we grew up in a very Catholic household, <laughs> and. I know um, where you're going. <laughs> And we belonged to two different parishes. One was much smaller than the other. One was an Italian Catholic, and the other was Croatian Catholic. And Father Valentino was the Italian one. And, you know, we had been going there since before I was born, I think. And <clears throat> um, Father Valentino uh, was a tall. Like, he had to be, I mean, he was a giant mm-hmm. in, in my eyes as a child. But, he, you know, if I think about his height, he probably was at least 6'4", 6'5". And he was the skinny rail of a, a guy, the skin. He just was kind of ashen because he smoked three packs of Lucky Strike a day. Whoa. Yeah, this guy had, I don't know, he had iron lungs and I don't know what his deal was. But we always had to sit in second pew behind this elderly couple who I call, I finally call them Mr. and Mrs. Howell, like from Gilligan's Island. <laughs>
1: sure, love but, it
0: yeah lovey that's not their names but that's who i always thought they were um and they were impeccably dressed and she was decked like everything matched from bottom to top hat gloves you name it i mean she was yeah she was very solid. and so i build this whole experience because through catholic masses if anyone listening has been through them and i I think i don't know if you grew up catholic or not margaret yeah i did yeah Mm -hmm. so incense was like the rage. Nice. I mean, it didn't. I shouldn't say the rage. I'm sorry. It's just That's, part of the process.
1: <laughs> absolutely.
0: Right. Well, I couldn't appreciate it um, yeah. because every time, I mean, it always smelled of the incense and Father Valentino during every homily, you know, his fingers were long and gangly. And, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there in the second pew looking at him like, I don't understand what this really has to do with me, but he'd always be staring at our family. But, like, it was always, the homily was set for us and I'm thinking what have I done I'm really not that bad of a troublemaker <laughs> I just yes exactly right I'm like I haven't done that much and I knew that was not what he was doing at all I just that's what I felt and of course I was always causing trouble in church anyway so I really just did not like incense it was just kind of this annoying factor because you know you go to stations of the cross during Lent and Advent, I mean mm-hmm. the whole nine yards so fast forward i leave home a handful of years after that for sure when i was um leading the john hancock lifestyle experience center i remember (laughs) i get this call because this is before cell phones so my mom had my work phone number of course in case of emergency so she calls me and i'm like mom why are you calling me at work she goes well, I'm calling to just let you know that Father Valentino died, and I was, and I literally was like, "Oh my God, that's great!" I'm like, "Oh shoot, I don't have to I'm go like, anymore." I know I was like, "Oh, inside thoughts coming out—that's not a good thing." And she, of course, lost her mind. And I was like, "Mom, I'm sorry." Like, I mean, yeah. it's great that he's out of pain. There you go. He's gone to a better place. Okay, great. Okay. So, you know, I had to smooth that over. We get past that. But when I got off the phone, I remember thinking wow, I can actually enjoy frankincense yes. now in Olubanum exactly. because that was really, you know, I had already been introduced to it now for a few years, but really just couldn't get into it. I couldn't understand it. Oh. And I just thought, okay, it, it, I don't have it hanging over me. You know, I can, I can embrace this aroma. So.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. I had the same experience. I think that had they understood that they were taking the resins and smoking the resins in their lanterns while they were swinging it so it was it was not only the scent of frankincense or even if myrrh it was the kind of the smoky smell and the cloudy smoke and if you're in the first couple rows it's like i gotta go you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and so to smell it in its essential oil form and really understand and smell the citrus piece, whole new appreciation for it. Absolutely. It yeah, definitely launches me back to holiday time in church where they would do the you know smoking of the resins of frankincense and myrrh. It's like, yeah, that's a good memory, Marlo.
0: Yeah, it, it is now and I can appreciate yeah, but,
1: it now. <laughs> sure, that is a good memory. That is a very prevalent memory for, I think, many.
0: Yeah, I imagine so.
1: Unusual sense anyway. For and, sure. And patchouli's another one like oh. in the 60s patchouli was everywhere. And you know, sometimes when I would, you know, Judy and I would are you We'd mix our blends and she loved patchouli and would wear it. And I would have people come into our businesses and say, yeah, make me smell like the Grateful Dead or, you know, in the 60s, what was that smell? And you knew instantly, you know, patchouli was like the main one for that. So yeah, it's amazing how scents and essential oils have really uh, been in our, you know, my life ever since little in different circumstances. And Mm -hmm. I just love that.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit, because I'm sure most people listening to this, uh, although I say this every time, I have no idea who actually listens to these. But <laughs> I, I know, just, I love that. <laughs> I, I enjoyed. I imagine that like 300 plus people are listening to these or more. Um, the history of essential oils is for me, I love talking about the history of essential oils because <clears throat> I don't really think people understand or what they do understand is is limited in that we as human beings we've been using these for like five thousand years absolutely and that uh you know i when i teach this in my having taught it in classes but now in my retreats i teach some special workshops around it i really focus in on and always have the romans egyptians and the persians Mm -hmm. uh but romans and egyptians in particular because the egyptians uh they had their form of mummification, but in order, in creating a mummy, they took out the deceased yeah. all of their organs uh-huh. and they replaced them with plant materials and then wrapped them in oil soaked linens because they wanted to beautify this person before they go to the next level. And and then around their tomb were all these uh ceramic jars of powders and ungents and resins and stuff. And I just find that fascinating Me
1: too.
0: because uh, I'm thinking, well, when I get, when I decide to, whenever my soul decides to, you know, hijack out of here, um, whenever I get cremated, I'm going to tell whoever's going to take care of me. I'm like, you're going to need to make sure there's a boatload of essential. <laughs> well, I,
1: I will definitely be a part if you go before <laughs> me. I'll let them know. Yeah, right. Absolutely.
0: But then when you look at the Romans, hyper extravagant population group of people Mm -hmm. uh, from their orgies and how they got rid of people who they didn't like through asphyxiation suffocating them in a room filled with rose petals in a pool of rose petals and flower material, so they can't breathe anymore but how great would it be to die of suffocation smelling flowers i mean
1: that would be, be a ticket I would be into if I had, if you know, if given the choices of it. I think that, I think what a lot of um, students and you know, you and I have done many retreats, and I think part of that is the knowledge and the scriptures that go back, dated past 5,000 years to, we'll use, you were talking about the Egyptians, one of the belief processes that have come through in writing is that essential oils, to embalm the body with essential oils, as you said, was a way to beautify them. It was also a way that they believed that the essential oil vapors or essence help carry the spirit of the loved one to the next place. And Mm -hmm. so that was part of their reason for that. And obviously, it lends to the knowledge that you and I have that essential oils are antibacterial fungal preservatives because obviously mummies stayed alive I mean they were they found them to this date when you talk about Romans and you talk about Persians and you talk about that whole area a lot of essential oils were used because they didn't have bathrooms and they didn't have public facilities and they didn't have water for showers so they used it for hygiene mainly a lot Mm -hmm. of was for Mm -hmm. hiking to smell better in situations where they really couldn't smell very good. And so what happened is essential oils became probably one of the most valuable cargoes on ships going from Africa all the way in. Their commerce value was higher than gold and jewelry on many levels. And, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know the story of Cleopatra, that her signature was Rosatar, and she would soak her sails of her ships in it and her her uh, castle was surrounded her clothes. So when she'd sail by the villagers would know she was going by. And so the value of essential oils is on so many levels is for you know, um, smell to pre- cover and protect the smell, make you smell better hygiene wise. Also the spiritual aspect that they understood that essential oils were very precious. Mm -hmm. And, and being able to scientifically, uh, you know, make combinations and put combinations together and, you know, launching us way up forward into World War One where Gaffossi, you know, was able to see that lavender was a healing aspect and so essential oils have been valued since you know, like you were saying, since really, we don't even know, maybe the beginning of time. Right. And I think that it was because of the way they smelled and the function they offered mm-hmm. uh, on a healing level to what we have today, dating back to that time. And and so the history is so rich and so deep on so many essential oils. And, you know, they're not inexpensive. They were, they were very difficult back then, even to do the distillation and extraction process. And so Mm -hmm. they really helped us in modern day time with their techniques that they utilized.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, one thing you mentioned on was uh, their qualities of antibacterial, antifungal, anti-yeast. And it brought me to the point in history of the Black Plague and uh, across Europe, and that so many people, there's kind of two party two groups there were those that that used essential oils and incenses uh to smoke the air to purify the air like lavender flowers uh all all in the churches across all the floors to you know purify the air and the wealthy uh using on their properties these huge incense balls to smoke their entire property if you Um, there's a great movie called um oh man just left my head it's with Robert Downey Jr. um darn it uh it'll come to me later on when we're done talking At
1: like four in the morning it's like
0: four in the morning um and it is the a really fantastic scope into that particular time he's an actually he's a doctor and he is right in the middle of the black plague and where's you know if if you've seen any of the illustrations of of, um, doctors at that time the huge cone on their face for inhalation yeah exactly so he literally is going around and trying to heal people using plant flower essential oils but it was very um what happened after that point uh was that you know there was kind of a negative downturn against essential oils because only the wealthy could afford them that's correct and uh and then as you said we get up to you know world war one where we discover you know got and valnet and, and mm. understanding that the healing properties of it but we also come to the point after that where synthetics are created because they become cheaper and correct. much easier to use
1: yeah, petroleum's used
0: and- mm-hmm. yeah, exactly Yeah, and so
1: um, I I think that's an amazing um, opening point to really differentiate for listeners, the difference between a sustainable scent or pure fume as we call them essential oils and a uh, man made, because I think it's really a, uh, an important avenue to understand that uh, when you're working with a, a traditional fragrance or a man made fragrance, the base of that product. Mainly is petroleum, and mm-hmm. the challenge for companies that really spend time and energy in their essential oils and making sure that they're free of chemicals and boosters, and et cetera, uh, the difference is is that petroleum is considered a natural resource, and so they technically, with labeling and you know greenwashing and consumer you know languaging, they can say that this product is naturally derived and if they use one drop of organic um, a a drop of organic lavender in a vat of 15,000 drops they can call it organically grown and I don't know if the listener knows that and the Mm -hmm. challenge is for the um, consumers or for the people that are really um, you know learning how to work with real traditional I mean with real sustainable essential oils is that the traditional fragrance or synthetic fragrance because it's man-made and that's kind of the name of it mm-hmm. is that it has a couple of components in it called chemical boosters and chemical fixatives. And a chemical fixative will take the um, fragrance molecules and it'll fix it to the body and to the clothing. And that means that when you are applying a fragrance that is man-made or a traditional fragrance from a um, department store, you spray it on your clothing, and then a week later, if you pick up your clothing, you'll still smell it. And that's mm-hmm. what a fixative does. What the booster portion of it does is makes it smell loud. So an example that we've always used and I use in trainings is that if you have, if I'm walking onto an elevator and there's nobody in it, and, but there was somebody on it previously with a man-made or synthetic fragrance, I'm walking into their fragrance because the booster is so high that it's still there. Mm -hmm. And so, (laughs) what, what happens is, you know, and this is what science is really looking at. And this is what companies that are really adamant, like Aveda, about having the highest quality. I mean, Horst was the highest quality you could get of the pure raw essential oil, um, because it is got the best medicinal properties to whatever essential oil it is, being jasmine, rose, you know, bergamot. And so, really, in working with um, a man-made fragrance, not right or wrong, just so you know, listener, the difference. The, di- the difference is your body responds differently. It, you know, there's technical science that indicates that your heart rate changes, your pulse point changes, and your sweat pattern changes when you wear a man-made chemical versus when you put on something that's derived from nature. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's real important for the listener to understand why, you know, people that are really passionate about naturally based um, plant-based products, why they're so passionate about it, because we understand that the body has a symbiotic or a very comfortable when you wear it, it is, it becomes a part of you. When you wear a man-made or traditional fragrance, you disguise Mm -hmm. your scent.
0: Well, and I think that brings me to, well, I don't, if I had to go back and look how far back fragrance oils have been used, I'm sure they've been used for decades. Fragrance oils is one I, I kind of, I don't want to say I take issue with, but when people tell me, Oh, it's got, it's the, the fragrance is natural or the aroma is natural or whatever's in it is natural. And then I'll ask, what are you using? And if they say, well, I'm using fragrance oils, well, fragrance oils are, sort of natural, but a fragrance oil literally is taking, so to those listening, each plant and flower has hundreds of what are called chemical constituents. That that does not mean like a chemical meaning like petroleum or something man-made. It is a botanical, it's a scientific word. They're called chemical constituents. And so when you create a fragrance oil, you literally cherry pick out particular constituents of a number of essential oils which are then called isolates because you're isolating certain chemical constituents out of the ones that you're using to create a blend that might smell like cinnamon or you know pine or apricot that one I still don't understand I don't understand the smell there's a few I don't really understand wait you know yeah well I mean when Uh, there's another one you know people the ones that I know cannot that don't smell so gardenia would be one gardenia extraction the way the gardenia blossom smells which is going to be one of probably the three flowers when I'm going on to the next level that are going to surround me. It will be gardenia, jasmine, and tuberose. Beautiful. Um, When you you smell gardenia, you probably die because you've gone to heaven. It smells so amazing. But when you try to extract the essential oil from gardenia, it does not smell like gardenia. So when someone says, oh, I have this beautiful gardenia perfume and it's natural, I'm like, it can't be natural. Because it can't smell like artemia. Yeah. Exactly. Two don't come out the same oh. way. So what oh. you're smelling yeah. is synthetic. It's mm-hmm. man-made. Um, and you know, when companies try to create these aromas, like amber, the amber is another one. I'm like, amber is a gemstone. It's a rock. It's a resin, right? It's a resin. Mm-hmm. How is that one supposed to smell? Mm-hmm. You know, whereas labdonum and galbanum are coming yeah. from a shrub. Right. So exactly. at least I can understand that. But right. last I checked, there's no amber shrub hanging around anywhere.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You, you know, know what I mean? Oh, I do. You know, I think you hit it, Rada. I mean, for me, it's as simple as for the learner to understand that fragrant oil. If you're fragranting oil, it is a synthetic. Mm-hmm. If you're wearing fragrant essential oils, they already have their scent to them. They have all their constituents to them. They, you know, other oil is is created to be a fragrant oil. That's what I'm hearing you say. And the yeah. difference really understanding working with them is that, you know, essential oils have thousands of properties just to one essential oil, as you now mm-hmm. know. And in working with um, everything from, you know, musk to amber, to gardenia, as you were saying. And let's be honest, too. Let's get to the money. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, oh, yeah. uh, for many producers, it's all about the money. Right. And so gardenia would never yield enough essential oil to even make one, you know, essence to put in a head shop or in a Whole Foods, you know. Right, and right. It just doesn't yield. Um, whereas lavender, you have fields of it, and you can yield hundreds and, and, and work with it. And so mm-hmm. I think really working with, um, you know, the synthetic, really wrapping up synthetically, uh, again, not right or wrong, just so you understand Mm -hmm. learners that or listeners, that um, they are produced, and they are created fragrantly, they do not naturally carry a fragrant in them. Mm -hmm. Right. essential oil. And that's really the difference. So if you think that you're buying a, uh, just use a traditional perfume that my mother used to wear, it was called Joy.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Joy perfume is very expensive and its whole function and conversation is that it's rose. And it probably would have, I would say in a vat of making 15,000 bottles of Joy, it probably has one to two drops of of real rose essential oil, Yeah, it's all fabricated. And again, not right or wrong, but if you think you're purchasing um, the Joy fragrance because it's got a rose essential oil, all you need to do on any product you ever look at is look at the first three to four ingredients and you'll know what the content or the basic makeup is. Of that fragrance, of that product, of that uh, shampoo, whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe. And so, um, so the movie came into my head, and I'm gonna. Then I'll go to. Uh, I want to talk about pricing, and then wardrobe yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, restoration. Restoration oh, is I'll the movie. Oh look! Oh look! 1995 restoration. It's fantastic.
1: Well, because you're so right. I mean, there's no question when the plague came in or the Spanish flu and Mm -hmm. stench and world wars where the bodies were in trenches. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were wearing cloth masks dipped Mm -hmm. in anything to disguise them. Yeah. 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 So, right. Absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And in speaking of cost of essential oils, people don't necessarily even understand that as well to get it takes ten thousand kilograms of <laughs> petals of roses that have to be picked in the morning before they yep. release their yep. aroma,
1: or the sun comes up, and the before
0: it. the sun comes up yep. to get one kilogram, one ounce, sorry, one ounce Correct. of essential oil. You're talking one of the most expensive essential oils. Between that and then you got something like jasmine. neroli or jasmine, both, both of those, yep, exactly, um, even vanilla. Uh, because the beans themselves have to be right. dried for eight or nine months before you can even do anything with it.
1: Right. And you're talking frankincense where they ride camels out to the, the tree, the frankincense tree, mm-hmm. and they nick them so that they Heal themselves. They bring their syrup or their sap up, and it mm. hardens, and that's how you get frankincense. So you're right. It's it's the labor of love. It's not just actually the essential oil. It's everything. It's all the working, um, the workers, the you know the yielding of the product, the weather, the the soil. It's everything combined into creating
0: that essential oil. And, and it's those a- yeah, and those conditions that you just mentioned. Those all affect the constituents that end up in that final yield of that essential oil which is why you could have lavender in bulgaria versus lavender in africa two very completely different smells because of the environment that they're grown in not right or wrong but their chemical constituents are going to be different not completely but they are going to be different Mm -hmm. because of what they got exposed to Mm -hmm. Which also then leads me to, um, and I do wanna make sure we leave time for wardrobing, uh, is the sustainability. I mean, I'm, I have my eye out and I have for always watching all these different kind of companies, indie companies, small little companies popping up. And I would say probably in the last 10 years alone Uh, And I would say even the last five years, uh, the number of products that are made is astounding, First of all to me as an environmentalist, but to to really, when you're buying essential oils, to look at the sustainability of where they're harvesting Uh these ingredients from and and the community, and is it supporting the community? Is it grown organically or biodynamically? Is it a, a rare resource? Uh, is it something that you shouldn't be endorsing or using? Um, there was an essential oil, Spikenard, I think, yeah, it was, mm-hmm. is very, um, I think that was the one this a gal was talking about the other day in a webinar, and how uh, endangered it is and she happened to have a bottle that she's had for like nine years mm-hmm. and, and valuing it and hanging on to it and doesn't really use it but just was using it as a talking point but that kind of that piece there I mean I is very important for consumers to know that what you buy you need to really look and make sure a if you're going to be supporting and using essential oils that are naturally derived not chemically derived and not chemically created, mm-hmm. uh, that you are supporting. Look into where they're getting them from. Ask the company: Are they organic? Are they biodynamic? Are Absolutely. they You know, I, you know, are they supporting the community that they're being grown by, or are they uh, ripping them off?
1: Well, I think that that is a very. That's an excellent, you know, conversational piece. It it really leads to sandalwood. And it really leads to, Indian sandalwood is as good as gold. And it is dangerous as well. Sandalwood trees are 25 to 30 years to mature. And their oil is very coveted to the point where, you know, thugs will go in and take them out of people's backyards and, you know, at any cost. And it was a decision for our company that you and i worked for and so proudly and you know honored to be with to move to the sandalwood of Australia because it grows like a shrub. And it does have a different chemical constituency, you know, as far as smell, but not, I mean, it has the thumbprint of sandalwood. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we were able to do that and work with the likes of Richard Wally and David Hercock to be able to move to um, Australian sandalwood also allowed us as a company to, uh, the money, when we talk about essential oils, the money went directly to the tribal people. There was no middleman or there was no governmental interference. And I think that that was really a story for people to understand that people would say, well, this doesn't smell like sandalwood that I know from the past or kind of the Indian sandalwood. And uh, our response would be, you're absolutely correct. It is sandalwood. It does have the thumbprint of it. It will have vibrations of it. But these are the reasons why we moved to Australia because people were being killed for sandalwood in India. And we have found a sustainable resource in Australia that not only helps keep the sandalwood alive, but also helps feed and employ the tribal members um, that grow the sandalwood. And so it was stories that you and I learned and grew up with and understood as our company moved forward and really, and you know, the, the, the truth is some people don't care. They just want sandalwood. Right. They don't really care about the ingredients. They just think it's groovy, especially right. my daughter's age group. They're probably some of the highest purchasers of essential oils, mm. but now, you know, the friends that come over with Eleanor and now she's learned. And so she's able to channel that to her friends. And that's really how the stories continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. and People to understand the difference between, you know, a good essential oil and, you know, um, it's because whatever makes somebody smell good to them, they're gonna buy and they're gonna purchase. Right. If they want the stretch benefit of understanding where it's grown and how it's grown and how it's harvested, we're just lucky to be able to communicate that to them and hope that that shifts their uh purchase for the
0: future. Yeah. And I think what's important um and then we'll make the shift. What's imp- one of the things I that's like important, you for days, my friend. I know we could be <laughs> talking for <an> hours. Absolutely. <laughs> um yeah. is that you know, here's an example, pine or vanilla. Sure. Uh, no, sorry, not pine, excuse me, lemon. For a long time, people were, there were studies being done. People, like a blind test, they were right. given two things of lemon. One was synthetic and one was true lemon juice. And people were preferring the synthetic one over the natural one. And so, and it, it was sad to me uh and it is what it is what's important to me in preserving uh plant and flower material and and talking about the the fact that it is a healing thing that they it's a tool to use and i will promote it to the day i die but i will always promote plant and flower materials i i i can't personally endorse synthetic because synthetic does not marry with your body it's molecular not designed to marry with your body you could roll around in plants and flowers in a field and you'd be healed at some level. But my point is that if you're gonna, if you really wanna start to shift, then you have to have examples in front of you that are a pure, true, naturally extracted example and smell it against what your man-made synthetic is. Vanilla is another one that drives me cuckoo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) vanilla shea butter or vanilla whatever I'm like that is not what vanilla smells like oh and and that is important to me that if you're going to promote something that claims to have uh uh, an essential oil in it or, or natural aromas but you can't necessarily prove it go out and do the work yourself to really understand what do these essential oils in their singular form smell like so that you get to know it that was one of the exercises that i had to do very early on mm-hmm. is wear one a day on each arm to you know and just see how it wore, see how it changed right. and that's now where i want to talk about with wardrobe
1: well, is The
0: heat of your body and how it can change, and yeah, well, and just how how you and I we talk about wardrobing and layering and how we wear this. I mean, by the time I you know walk out of the house, I have used probably
1: oh yes,
0: you know, I'm not kidding. Like oh, I know, like probably twenty five different things.
1: Absolutely
0: right, and and I don't think about. I was thinking about this this morning while I was getting ready. I was thinking. (laughs) I don't think twice about how my shower products are going to smell against what I choose no, to layer. All, the last thing, based, you know? right? Because oh. they all marry together, exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So, like having a vase of roses or having a vase of flowers, they just yeah. blend beautifully.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about wardrobing. Mean, what does this sure. mean? Oh,
1: love it. What? Yeah, I know. So, um, so- well, you know, I'm really happy to say. Uh, the aroma portion was my cruise. You know, we work with Horace directly and Koichi, and I'm throwing names off to the learners. But Koichi was a uh, net uh, worldwide nose. Um, very rare to have one. He was the master blender of our scents and our essential oils, and. You know, it was very difficult for him to come from a fragrance company where he created Shalimar and things and then have to work with just essential oils. And he just, he's really what, so when you think of our product line, the number one reason why people fell in love with it was the smell of it. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that really preceded anything else. And so I think that layering was a word out there and, and our owner, uh, you know, Horace said he didn't like the word. And so we came up with wardrobing because it's like wardrobing your clothing. And we did education on it and showed how you put on your socks and your pants. And then you outside in the cold, you put a scarf on and all of these represent a different flower and plant essential oils and how you could wear all these things and still walk away with a beautiful blend. And so really when you're wardrobing, for me, my, my aroma, is more important than anything. I mean, it's the first thing I do. It's oh it's yeah, For everything. Me too. And, you know, I don't stop there. I'll, you know, I'll just zip this on, zip that on at work midday. um, Totally. Put this on. And there's not a, again, there is not a day that passes that at least two or three people say, God, what are you wearing? I love that. And then the other piece of it on the flip side of that, and where wardrobing really played an important role too, is that when you're working with plant and flower-based products, they're, their sense their smell does not have natural chemical boosters it it depends on which ones you're using so their scent doesn't last as long to you people still smell it on you and say what are you wearing but to you at first you're like well now i have to reapply and reapply and reapply whereas when you used a synthetic fragrance you'd spray it once and it'd last a week Mm -hmm. and so wardrobing also came to teach the learner how you could take the citrus notes that are very fast and it's what you smell first, but they leave first. And how you take the middle note, which is the heart of a flower flowers and how the middle note will last longer than the top note, but, um, and then you go down to the base note. So it's kind of like a musical scale. You got a top note, middle note, base note, every essential oil Flows and falls in those three notes and some cross in, you know, from top to middle. So wardrobing was really a way for us to teach and also learn how to blend our essential oils or our perfumes or our products together to make them last longer to the person wearing them. And so, the understanding is somebody that wears completely naturally be- or plant based products, sustainable without chemical boosters or fixatives or synthetics, is that they start to realize that it becomes a part of their um, daily wardrobe. They don't necessarily smell it anymore, but it affects them in a pleasant way that when they do their blending, other people smell it though, because it's newer to their sense of smell. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so wardrobe was really um, one of the number one things was to teach the top note, middle note, base note, but to teach the learner how to, when we do our blending classes, how to blend the three or combine the three or choose three from each category and blend it into something that you prefer and wear it because the the scent will last longer.
0: Yeah, and I... um... (laughs) <laughs> I, I when i oh, i was just thinking i brought some essential oils onto my desk to kind of talk about or just smell and, and sure. yeah i mean when i th- think about it's never been an option for me even on the days that i don't shower because i don't need to shower every day i'm Correct. not I'm
1: with you the bohemian next, bath yeah so right exactly our products right and i'm sure
0: somebody yeah. one of my friends is going to be like Great, Marla. When I see you next, I'm gonna to have to ask you if you showered, but <laughs> your yeah,
1: hygiene level. Pal. Well,
0: I'm using essential oils. Well, exactly. Perfect. So I always smell great, and I just use that. I'm like, if exactly. if they could have done it long before I was alive, that's what I'm doing. Besides, I need to save water. So, um, I think about for me in terms of it being well-being. You know, when I think about essential oils and the way I teach it is, I I want people to uh, because a few of the practices that I teach, some of the rituals that I I promote and teach are morning stillness, setting your intentions, uh, finding gratitude and and kind of waking up to where's it that you need to serve from today. And in that we are gonna have some emotions. So, you know, it could be that I feel overjoyed today. It could be, I choose to, you know, feel hopeful today or I'm still feeling really sad. From a conversation or whatever you know so i use essential oils to help elevate or support and move forward the mood from where you are so if you are feeling sad mm-hmm. think about the essential oils that you do choose or gravitate towards and when you take yourself on your own sensory journey because it is what it is you are trying not to yeah i mean try not to think about the name which you know you and i both know we try not to to say the name because it takes out the preconceived notion but just close your eyes and smell and see which one best suits you for today which one's going to elevate you it may not be what you think it's going to be so don't always reach for your apricot whatever every day give yourself an opportunity to support the mood the space and the emotion that you're in and use the essential oils in your wardrobing process to help support how you want to move through your day so if you're feeling sexy well take a you know pull out a few bottles that you think are sexy but smell one or two you know smell them and decide which one's going to make me feel super sexy today great you know if i am feeling angry and frustrated what take you know smell a few oils to decide which ones will help me find calm and find some peace so i can get a little bit more clarity on how i need to move forward today and that's how i really wanted uh, and why i brought this topic to the table was because i want people to use them in a way that helps support your emotional and certainly your spiritual and your physical well-being of each day and every day will be different
1: right it's a roller coaster of life you know Mm -hmm. you know and yeah i think well i wanted to touch um i wanted to add to that piece of it i think that that's it's just as valuable i find in all my experiences is for the learner to understand what they don't prefer to because it helps to um, sort through and understand when you're working with plant-based product again you can grow to appreciate a scent if a friend is wearing it that you didn't prefer before. Mm-hmm. And so all um, the idea and the thought is, is that all scents that you prefer, you'll always prefer. You might not wear them every day. You might mix it up a little bit. And mm-hmm. so one thing I learned very early in a, a training that was an interruption for me in my life is to be able to take the word I am and exchange it with what I'm experiencing. And mm-hmm. so when somebody would say, oh, I, I'm sad, and you would say I'm experiencing sadness due to this and mm-hmm. or I'm experiencing joy or I'm experiencing anger. And the reason why the change is is because when you say I am, you become that mind, body and spirit until you say you're something different. Right. When you say you're experiencing you are aware of it, but you're not owning it, mind, body, and spirit, it just is, mm-hmm. and so if you couple that with essential oils, uh, then you're able to, as you were saying, too, you know, change or shift or move any sort of experience you're in,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so I know that in a new job that I'm in, um, I'm a cheesemonger, and there's 330 cheeses, and it's amazing, and I'm but it's a lot of information and some days I'm like oh my god there's so much information so I just sort of get like wow and then I'll just walk into the bathroom and whip on what smells good makes me feel good and you know just Mm -hmm. gives me a great experience and I'm armored I'm ready I'm I'm ready to roll I'm ready to allow life to come at me in any way possible it might not always feel good Mm -hmm. um, but I am Certainly more secure in my mind, based on the fact that I have wardrobe to protect to make me feel good, and that's what I would love the learners to walk away from our conversations: is that essential oils have so much more depth and um, act activity in your experience of life than just making you smell good. Right? um, They really, uh, like you were saying, they have a physiological, a psychological. They, uh, they just do so many. Uh, they have healing abilities. It's just really a uh, exciting uh, discovery. And that is really why I'm so excited to be speaking with you is that, When we first discovered this journey, Marlo, it opened my life. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait for somebody that might've clicked into this thinking, well, you know, I'm going to go to the health food store and I'm going to look at their essential oils and I'm going to see what Margaret and Marlo were talking about. And I'm really not, you know, and even if one or two or three start to shift, but the joy that comes with understanding plant-based products is part of the passion of why I love to do this.
0: Yeah. And I, uh, to support that, the blending of it. I mean, I'm no chemist. I'm no, um, I, I, I understand the chemical constituents of plants and flowers and, uh, how they work together and how to make some basic blends. I'm not interested in making a product. Uh, there's plenty of other people out there who are doing it and they do it pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, what I am interested in is for people to, as you said, get curious about what it is you are using and, and get curious about changing up that experience. I mean, there's plenty of books and resources um, and I certainly can uh, add some when I post this uh, conversation. But There are some great books that will take you through, you know, a boatload of essential oils uh and their benefits and their uses their contraindications what they're good for how you can not only topically you know you you can use essential oils but you can ingest a certain range of essential oils safely when used safely so there are those out there because when you think of tea chamomile tea would be one fennel tea would be another both of them smell fantastic but the healing benefits of them are outstanding and you're ingesting it in a safe way. So that's a different way of using a plant and flower material. So, you know, this conversation was really designed to just create awareness around and get people curious uh, and to shift their perspective of how they look at the types of products they're using from their dish cleanser to their body cleanser to the perfume spray that they put on to the lip balm to whatever to the candle you're burning I mean candles is like a whole nother world that I have like serious serious issues with oh totally I mean that's a whole nother conversation that's a whole nother conversation (laughs)
1: exactly I'm right there and
0: I make candles for my retreats I I blend up I use an environmental soy wax and and I put some specific blends together i'm not i'm not in the market to sell them yet but uh because i want and and i do it because i want people to have a very specific experience exactly. when they're coming through one of my classes but I'm, but i'm also adamant about what you're smelling when you're sitting there right you
1: know? oh yeah you know it's uh, it's so interesting it's so fun to speak with you i love it because i just you know it's just merging our thoughts and you know society spend so much time on your image and your clothing and what you should look like and your body type. And, you know, I've always thought one thing that I would love and will do at some point is I find that because I have a daughter that's now 19, but middle school into beginning high school is very difficult. and I find Mm -hmm. it especially difficult for the female energy. And I would love um, to be able to start blending very early on to help shift their internal image, not their mm-hmm. external image, because mm-hmm. so much is put on that. And I think it's just really um, the discovery of, I mean, our discovery, Marlo, was just life-changing. Right. Right? That's, that's really the piece that I would love to, pass on is that it just takes one cent and I can tell you there's a few bombs I've worn around thinking oh my god I got to get this off me oh right not what the combo I thought it would be you know (laughs) (laughs) teeth (laughs) left on them or oh my god right so but it just it's just a total discovery and I have to Put a little shift in for Minneapolis. There are Melissa, who runs a company here. There's a couple companies here that are have exceptional essential oils, mm-hmm. and you know they went on the path of Horst and really seeking that out. And so the learner could, I mean, really discover there are beautiful essential oils out there that are reasonably priced and Mm -hmm. there's some blends that are already put together, but just spend time going out with you and just go in and discover, discover you through your sense of smell Mm -hmm. and discover what moves you and what you want a wardrobe, and what because it's a personal statement. You know, yep. it's not only does it make it feel good, and but it's your personal statement of what you're carrying with you, not the way you look, but the way you feel, and the combination of them.
0: Yeah, a uh, couple things to say. Uh, one on that note to tag on it: um, when you go smelling or exploring or whatever, don't wear any synthetic aroma when you do it because you're never going to be able to smell the essential yeah. oil in front yeah. of you because. That is- Because any synthetic aroma you put on your body completely cancels out any naturally derived
1: it disguises the real without
0: fail. It's just not gonna so just know that going into it. That means, you know, if you've got whatever's in your hair and you can smell it from your hair, you're not gonna be able to smell any natural essential oil in front of you. So think about that when you go exploring. But two, what what we haven't really emphasized, and we didn't necessarily stem fully towards the female, but that essential oils are for guys, men as well. Oh, this is absolutely. not a.
1: Absolutely, this is not a. This um, is a.
0: This is an all gender. gender. This is not a
1: gender specific. Yeah, aspect. not at all,
0: because you know, and I, I've got some specific individuals in my head right now who who would never, would never cross their mind to. to wear something yet their i their how do i say it? their signature smell is their laundry detergent yes which exactly it's not attractive which is not appealing <laughs> you know so they think oh I'm getting this laundry detergent you know and it smells like whatever powder fresh or right. mountain fresh or whatever right. it's actually there's nothing nice about it no. it just smells gross it's a synthetic right. And I'm sorry, that's just what it is. It's Laundry detergents, like the worst area for me that people use that culprits. and dryer sheets.
1: Yeah, they're pretty big culprits. Of,
0: right. Of right, so th- know that as well. What your laundry right. is, the dryer sheets, um, all of that stuff. Has anything that is so highly commercial made, I, I separate commercial from a lot of, when I probably shouldn't because there's plenty of large scale companies that um, would fall under that. But by that, I just mean your traditional standard companies, typical big box companies who are making products that are using uh, synthetic aromas. And, and also keep in mind that essential oils are used in foods as well. I mean,
1: Correct. And the- across
0: the board in all right. food grade levels. So know that they exist there. But right. just in that whole laundry thing. Dish detergent, laundry detergent, dryer sheets, I could go on, your cleaning products, I could go on and on.
1: Absolutely. Household products. And Household I products. Think, and I think really understanding that um, for corporations that don't their awareness isn't as high as it could be for the planet. Uh, They don't care, it's really the bottom line. And it's not, I shouldn't say they don't care, I don't know if they care, but it's really, petroleum is very inexpensive to use. And I think that, um, you know, really for the the being of who we are, uh, it's really um, a discovery. But what I'd love to say, Marlo, because I know our time is coming to close and hopefully sometime we could do part two, I would love to tell a story um, about our darling, dear friend, Ray Chavello, who Mm -hmm. is from Canada and Mm -hmm. brilliant. And he loved one of our Veda aromas. It was very earthy and deep and smoky. And he was on an airplane (laughs) going down, landing into Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, a stewardess or, you know, flight attendant came running down the back saying, Oh my God. Oh my God. I think something's on fire. And he goes, no, it's just my aroma. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody around him started laughing. Um, But I think of him and I think of David, I think of many people. If the the learner that's listening, if you really want to understand what Marlona are saying, it would be the difference between walking into a salon and then walking into an Aveda salon. And you'll smell it and you'll feel it and you'll understand it. And so if you are in a a place where you can go into an Aveda salon, an all Aveda salon, what we call a concept or lifestyle, I'm not sure anymore, the words have changed, then you'll really understand the difference. But first, or if you're walking through a department store, that to me is hell. I mean, I have to avoid it. I go Mm -hmm. down and, and so really understanding the difference. And so I wish you learners well on your journey because this sensory journey is the discovery of a lifetime for you personally for your well-being yeah and that's what i wish for you
0: yeah and i agree with all of that I, I think too uh if it's not innovative salon you can get into and there's other resources for you to look at yeah. essential oils there are plenty of good companies out there who mm-hmm. are sourcing really beautiful stuff i ask that you look at the sustainability of them Uh, as as where they're sourcing from because for me that is really important um we we in this world make so much stuff exactly and uh it's really important that we are um that we're select but that we are sustaining this planet our resources this is a this is a finite joint we're on here this is not infinite so
1: right Um, um, i ask that your world in the future, you know, your future learning will be your world. Yeah.
0: So I will put some, uh, resources, uh, when I post this, but as I bring us to a close, I just want to say, uh, thank you, Margaret. Oh, I
1: loved it. Marlo to talk with you and my passion's on fire. I'm going to blend now as we speak and get off the phone. And I just, I wish you all the happiness and health and hope to see you and you take good care during this time.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you. I'm very honored to be a part of this.
0: Yeah. And I uh, thank you. And I, I look forward to our next chat for, (laughs) I know. Well, you don't have to, we'll chat for a minute after this, but um, to our listeners, I, I haven't figured out what our next conversation is yet. It's kind of on my mind, but it'll be coming soon. And I look forward to having you back. So thank you kindly for being here. Be well, stay safe. Uh, And find some great essential oils. That's what I got to say.
1: Right. Let us know. Let Marlo know what yeah. you discovered.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everyone.
1: All right. See you later, Marlo.